Here at Peds Admin, we're doing our best to keep you guys as updated with information as it becomes available. So we briefly just wanted to go over a new article that was published just yesterday, April 10th in the New England Journal of Medicine and is available online right now. The title is Compassionate Use of Remdesivir for Patients with Severe COVID-19, first author Dr. Grein et al. Before we dive in, let's give you the headlines. This study looked at compassionate use, as they say in the title, of the medication remdesivir in patients who are hospitalized with confirmed SARS-CoV-2 infection. These patients to be included in this trial had to be satting no greater than 94% in room air or be on subtype of supplemental oxygenation or ventilatory support. The goal was for them to receive a 10-day course of remdesivir. We'll go into how some of them did not make it to that full 10-day course. And the findings of this trial that you need to be aware of are that 53 patients in total were analyzed. Starting off, 30 of those patients, or 57%, were on invasive ventilation. And at 18 days after the first dose of remdesivir, 68% of patients showed an improvement in terms of their oxygenation slash ventilatory support. It's also notable that 17 out of the initially 30 patients who were intubated were extubated, and three out of the four patients who were initially on ECMO were able to come off of it. The other major thing to report here is that by 28 days of follow-up, the cumulative incidence of clinical improvement, which will go to how they actually defined clinical improvement, was 84%, so a pretty high percentage there. So some really overall positive results here. Let's dive in and actually learn more about how the study was conducted. So this study was an open-label, non-randomized, and non-controlled trial. We talked about some of the inclusion criteria. Just briefly, the patients had to also have intact kidney function and transaminases that were not extremely elevated. The study looked at overall clinical status using a six-point scale. They defined this as, we'll start from one and go up. One were non-hospitalized patients. Two were hospitalized without supplemental oxygen three hospitalized requiring supplemental oxygen, four hospitalized requiring non-invasive ventilatory support, so high flow or NIPPV, five was hospitalized requiring invasive mechanical ventilation, ECMO or both, and six was used to define patients who passed away. This study defined clinical improvement as a decrease of two or more points on the six-point scale or live discharge. Looking at the patients who were actually included in this trial, the 53 that had data that could be analyzed, 22 of them were from the United States, 22 were from Europe or Canada, nine were from Japan. The majority of patients were males. The age range was broad, 23 to 82 years of age. Median age was 64. As we mentioned before, 57% of these patients at baseline were on mechanical ventilation. 8% of them were on ECMO. And these patients who were on invasive mechanical ventilation, they were on it for a median of two days before they got their first dose of remdesivir. In general, the patients who were mechanically ventilated were older, tended to be males, and also tended to have higher creatinine and ALT, suggesting renal and liver dysfunction. They also had a higher prevalence of pretty significant comorbidities, including hypertension, diabetes, hyperlipidemia, and asthma. Overall, 40 out of the 53 patients actually got the full 10-day course of remdesivir. 10 out of 53 got a five to nine day course, and three got a course that was less than five days. Now let's break down the major results to know. At the median 
follow-up of 18 days, 68% of these patients improved in terms of oxygen requirement. Over half of the patients who were mechanically ventilated were extubated. It's also important to note that 15% of patients did worsen and escalate in terms of their required support. Overall, at this follow-up, 47% of patients were discharged, and then 13% unfortunately passed away. In general, mortality tended to be higher, as we would expect, in patients who were invasively ventilated and patients who are 70 years or older. And in general, as again, you might imagine, a larger proportion of patients who had started out as being less critically ill, so people in room air, low-flow nasal cannula, non-invasive ventilation, they demonstrated a higher proportion of improvement than the patients who started off on invasive ventilation in ECMO. It's important to note that also at the last point of follow-up, all the patients who demonstrated clinical improvement were alive, 25 out of 53 patients had been discharged from the hospital, and that included a good number of patients who were on invasive ventilation. Last thing to mention here would be safety events. So what did they document? 60%, so over half of patients reported at least one adverse event during follow-up. Some of these were on the milder side, diarrhea, rash, increased transaminases, some renal impairment, and some hypotension. 23% had serious adverse events, including multi-organ dysfunction, septic shock, AKI. And on average, these were in our sicker patients, the invasive mechanical ventilation patients. Overall mortality, as we mentioned, was 13%. What are our major takeaways here? So in patients who were hospitalized with SARS-CoV-2 infections, improvement as defined as oxygenation support was noted in 68%, so over two-thirds of the patients in the study with a mortality rate of about 13%. These patients started off fairly sick, as we noted. And some things to point out here are that compared to patients included in a trial of lopinavir and ritonavir, mortality appeared to be a little bit lower. Some limitations of this study, briefly, one of the big things is that they did not collect viral load data to confirm the actual targeted antiviral effects of remdesivir and thus we're not able to really correlate viral load and clinical outcomes. Other limitations include that the duration of the therapy was not uniform. Again, as we talked about, there was a range of the number of days that patients received the medication. And some big picture things to look at here, this was, again, a non-randomized, non-placebo-controlled trial. It was open label. It's a small size of this cohort, a short duration of follow-up, There is a significant clinical variability in terms of the number of different sites that these patients were accrued from, and and the standard of care at those sites may have differed. And again, as with anything in this pandemic, it's difficult to know for certain whether clinical outcomes were consistent with sort of the natural progression of the disease versus truly correlated with the use of remdesivir. They also mentioned, this is, I think, a very important limitation The use of invasive ventilation as a proxy to assess disease severity could definitely be influenced by the number of available ventilators in a given location. I think the things to take away here is that this has definitely showed that remdesivir has some promise and should be studied further and appears to suggest that this drug may have clinical benefit in patients with severe COVID-19. Of course, just as with everything else, we need more data from randomized placebo-controlled trials. Thank you so much for joining us for this hot off the press update. 
We know that things are changing rapidly, and so we want to hear from you. Please send any questions, comments, or concerns you have to pzadmin at gmail.com, and we'll see you next time.